You know what? I don't know if it gets much better than chocolate covered raisins. Uh-huh. I mean. Nice man, that's some chocolate covered raisins. I mean, we mm. got pretty good opening opening round. Right? Mm-hmm. Par- fairly or partly? I always call it fairly. 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 Dickinson. Like Chris Fairly. Beating uh, Prairie View A&M. Mm-hmm. And uh, 8276, so. That's live. I'm giving people live updates of. The, uh, Let's get this out of the way first. Okay. This is not the first round. They call it the first round, and then they call the next round the second round. No, 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 no. no. Is it a plan? Yep. And the next round's the first round. But we gotta, we got to jump back, because we did this last week. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. No, we didn't. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are. We are here live in the bowels of 932 Studios. We are the role players. It is March Madness. I am Art Mosley. He is Daniel Allen. Our opinions don't matter. You should listen to us anyway. Like we said, we've got brackets on brackets on brackets. Mm-hmm. Brackets on brackets on. Yes, that, I said that right. Brackets right. everywhere. Brackets all around. And uh, man, we're, we're recording early in hopes that that we'll get this out by uh, Thursday. Yeah. So you'll have this, you know, you'll be all prepped. You'll you know. know what to pick. Yes. If you haven't made a decision, you, you should. Let us guide you. Yeah. So what, what that means is you should listen to everything I say and do the opposite. <laughs> and then listen to everything Daniel does and do that. Um, my March Madness history is, is not quite as stellar as my, you know, some other things have been. Because I, I've toned it down over the years. But man, I get carried away with the upset picks. Mm-hmm. I love a good does, upset. It does you in though, right? Because you. Yeah. Oh, it always does me in. And after the first week, usually. But I've scaled it back. Okay. But then, like two years ago, I picked maybe five. It was my lowest number of upsets ever. And that was the year that they were just everywhere. Mm. It was like the year of the upset. And to me, let's say you pick five games. And. I'll put it this way. To me, one upset pick that you get right is worth like four picks of chalk that you get right. So even if you pick four upsets and you miss on three of them but you get one, to me, the net result is still positive. Sure. So it's like, all right, I went one for four, uh, but that's still good. Yeah, because you... Because you you feel like you like I knew that yeah I, I had that like the feeling of of being the underdog and then watching it come true is right. just because yeah. if I pick a favorite and they win it's like yeah they were supposed to everybody right. yeah. picks a favorite right. but if you nail an underdog oh just wonderful thing yep so we've got chocolate colored raisins yeah we've got we've got um, the First, I'm still going to call it the first four, not the first round, mm-hmm. because I just don't think the first round you, you can't have eighteen teams. First yeah. round, no. right? Right, first four. That's the way to do it. So we got that going on live. We got Belmont and Temple about to tip off. Um, so roughly less than forty-eight hours away from the chaos. The madness. What thirty-six hours, something like that. Yeah, thirty-nine maybe, and so. We're getting into it, but you are making quite a sacrifice this week. You want to tell people where you'll be when the games tip off? Will you be watching any of the first round action? Yeah, on Thursday. Oh, okay. Thursday you will. Right. Friday you won't. Saturday? Sunday? 
Maybe, because Sunday, Sunday's Hillary's birthday, so... Oh! <laughs> Art. Mmm. So you're just going to be... This has been the busiest year of my life. I feel like I'm doing something every weekend. Mm -hmm. Rarely something like, well, even the things I do for myself, because last weekend I was out of town. This weekend I'll de be out of town mm -hmm. for most of it. Um, I, I think in between basketball and in the middle of March, I don't know where the month of February went. No, it went quick, didn't it? I mean, it was only 28 days, so. Um, nevertheless, here we are. I'll miss most of March Madness, so I'll be trying to keep up on my phone. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, we'll have... Will you have access? Will you be able to get your picks in for Saturday's games? I hope so. You better. Or I'll be calling you to put them in for me. Yeah, you can, well, you can do that. Um... Yeah, that's. A, I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. I think the the place we're staying at has Wi-Fi, so I should be able to get it in. I think you'd be right. But even Clayton, Georgia's probably got an internet hotspot here and there, or cell service. You can just text them. It's true. So, um, the the pool we're talking about is the greatest pool ever. It's run one, one, run by your brother, and I've been a participant now for the past. I feel like. Six, seven years. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, I think, I think, no, I'm definitely in the in the red. At one point, I had broken even. Oh, you came out blazing early. I got I got kind of chastised by my sister for she's highly competitive in this. She doesn't watch basketball, but she gets intense. She won it a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. I've never won it. My sister did. She is so she gets stressed out about picks and stuff. And, and you came out, and you were, like, right at the top. She said, who is Art? And I said, oh, that's a buddy of mine that entered. And she said, why are you bringing in people that, that do good? And I was like, okay. Well, because you had, man, you rode Syracuse one of those first years deep yeah. when nobody thought. Yeah. And they, uh, mm, maybe that Maybe I should run them again. And then Louisville took you down. I mean, I went with. Youth over experience and Spike Albrecht over yeah. Sosa. That's, That's the play I would have made. Wasn't the right play. Well, it was for a half. It was for a half. <laughs> and then I was yeah. I was staring at a big payday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, explain to people what what it is about that pool that you like. So so what I love is that you're you're really <clears throat> not out of it after the first round. Right, period. So you you just, all we do is email basically our upsets. So we fill out a bracket. And let's just say, for instance, I think that Bradley's going to beat Michigan State, right? Well, I would send Bradley as well. Well, actually, I wouldn't do that because 14, 15, 16. Let me, let me step yeah. back. All the games that involve teams that are seated uh, 13 or higher, you take, take a look at that. And let's say uh, we think maybe... Uh, uh, Yale's gonna no, that's a fourteen. I mean, you still can take a fourteen, right. fifteen, or sixteen, but you can only use one. So you get a bonus pick. You can yeah. pick a fourteen, fifteen, sixteen to upset uh, a two, three, yeah, uh, one, two, three. Yeah, and if you get it right, it it basically takes away a loss. Right, it's a bonus point. Yeah, 
But, so, let's just say I am picking Washington versus Oregon. Well, if I'm picking Oregon to win, I need to send Oregon in as one of my upsets. Yeah. I don't know why anybody would do that, but if I was picking Washington, I just wouldn't pick anything. So, you just right. send in your upsets, essentially. Yeah. And, uh, and then you do that for each round. So, I got to have my first round games in by, uh, like, tomorrow night. Yeah. And then on Saturday, I got to get up early. And make sure from Friday night, and make sure I have all my Saturday Sunday upsets in. Mm -hmm. And and Will does a great job of updating the standings. And then I think it's when we start the Sweet Sixteen, the leaders then have to start. Yeah, you get they send their picks a day early, so he then sends the leaders picks out so that you can try to play against them if you want catch up. Yeah, it's a chance. So it, it really is a chance to allow you to. To, you're really never out of it until, um, well, right. well. If your final four all gets not in a traditional bracket that you fill all the way out, mm-hmm. if your final four teams all get knocked out, you're done. You don't even need to look at it again. Right. But in this, if they get knocked out, that's just four losses. Mm-hmm. You can make that up. So it's each individual round is played. You tally up who has the fewest losses. You go to the next round. You pick the games. And so you can... It makes every game more interesting. Yes. And he, he, he does take a Final Four. Yeah, that's a tiebreaker. So, uh, but it rarely has to go to that, but sometimes it does. So that's, uh, I, I, I think it's the even, most exciting way to do a, a, pool, a pool. Yeah. And I'm surprised that it hasn't caught on like any of those daily fantasy things like mm-hmm. draft games and stuff. I haven't done it because it really is. So much more exciting now, to do it round by round. And I'll tell you, I have a second, my second favorite way to do it is another pool I'm in. Where we do a, uh, we basically do a draft. Eight guys, and you have to pick eight teams. Mm-hmm. And there's a little buy-in, but you get basically, you get $100 mm-hmm. to make it nice and clean. Once you buy in, you, you have $100 to spend. And you have to, it's an auction. You have to bid, you know, uh, for eight teams. And so... We go around the room and somebody just says, "Okay," and every, you know, each each guy says, "Okay." If I'm if I'm first th- to throw out a name, I say, "I'll take Virginia Tech for three dollars," and then it just gets bid up, uh-huh. and you bid up until you know, going once, going twice, going. Very strategic in how you manage your money versus who gets who you have left in your. Uh, so is it total wins that you? That yeah, counts? so it's just the wins. That is cool. So that's a different way to do so it. So that's a. Uh, that's so you can spend ninety five dollars on Duke and then have a dollar right. to spend on Bradley. Well, you couldn't because you have to have at least the most you could spend on one team is ninety three dollars. Okay. You have to have a dollar for. Gotcha. I like that. That's a cool way to do it too. So I spent thirty nine dollars on Duke. Did you? Yes. And they, they they weren't higher than that. That's surprising to me. I was shocked I got them for 39. I thought it was going to... Because last year, I think... I want to say Virginia went for like... They got bid up to like 50 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I want to say that was Virginia last year. I'm, I'm not going to... Man. I'm not going to say who um, who bid on that to protect the innocent, but... Uh, that is brutal. Yeah. I, I want to say it's a, it's a listener of our podcast. So I'm 50 plus. I'm Virginia to watch them get bounced in the first round. That's painful. To UMBC. 
So it's a it's an interesting way to do it, and there's a lot of there's some strategy behind it, and then you you know you can't. It's one of these things you can't fall in love with somebody or yeah. something because then you just keep going higher and higher, and mm-hmm. and you know there's some. Uh, I like that a lot because then you like you said you got to be very strategic mm-hmm. in and who you pick and what. That's for that, yeah. I like that. So just you know, eight guys in a room, and you're there for about an hour, hour and a half, picking teams. And of course, by the time you know, you could be out. You know, if you you could be out early, or you could still. So it doesn't matter. Once you spend all your money, once you have all your eight. I'm sorry. Once you have all your eight teams, because you have to have eight teams, you're done. So, mm-hmm. like me, I sat back and I bided my time, probably a little bit too much. And I, 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 I was adamant that I weren't I wasn't gonna overpay for a certain team. Well then I ended up getting stuck with a bunch of I don't know kind of teams. Not really? It's Duke and Marquette and after that it's kind of suspect. <laughs> so you're like, yeah, the guy in the auction draft that for fantasy that drafts Todd Gurley for spends all his money and then gets left with, you know, Carlos Hyde and Right. Who's <laughs> looking for a home. Danny Amendola yeah. is your top receiver. <laughs> I like that. I hadn't heard of that before. That's a good way to do it, too. So I thought I'd be smart, and I said my strategy was, well, I'm gonna only going to pick because I really feel like I'm smarter than everybody else, right? Yeah. Which is a, a flaw. That's my first flaw. But I didn't want to pick, you know, Virginia and Gardner-Webb because they play in the first round. So, yeah. I mean, all that's doing is guaranteeing me one win. So I tried to pick two teams in each region. Mm-hmm. To get to my eight teams, I don't know how well that worked out, but we'll see. Have you won them before? Uh, no, that last year was the first year we tried oh, this. Oh, so, okay. So yeah, I was I was <clears throat> in it. I, I want to say I tied for second, so it was like I got my entry fee back. There you go. But um, it's a it's an interesting way, and I'll credit um, Von Brown for coming up with that. Cedarwood Tavern. That is a cool way to do it. So we got together Sunday night and got it done. So you got Zion. I got Zion. I'm buying. I'm believing the hype. You should. I think you should. (laughs) I am believing. They're probably going to set a record on you know how ESPN has their formula or you know tabulates who you know who is the most picked champion. I imagine they set a record for the highest percentage of people to Mm. pick them to win it all. Is he, is, is Zion speaking of him, this was brought up, I saw on Twitter, somebody said, I think Zion is the most liked Duke player by non-Duke fans, like maybe ever, because most Duke players people hate. Grant Hill? Yeah. He's probably more likable than Grant Hill. Or I think just people enjoy watching him, yeah. Yeah, Grant, I think, I, I mean, I really, I think he's, he was right, and I think that he probably is because everybody loves watching him, and you might not like Duke, but you can't not enjoy watching right? him. Right, because he's a. I'm trying to think if there's a Duke player that I ever liked watching play. Did you like Jay Williams? No. No? No. Shane Battier? <laughs> Absolutely not. Booze? <laughs> the landlord? <laughs> Josh McRoberts? <laughs> no. Uh, not Cherokee Parks? <laughs> Not any of the Plumlee brothers. Bobby Hurley. No. Couldn't stand him. That was the epitome. That was the epitome of my hatred for Duke. Bobby Hurley, Christian Laettner, 
Grant Hill. Man. No. No. Well. And truthfully, I was I was more of a a North Carolina fan. Really. Uh, in the in the early nineties, you had uh, King Rice. Mm-hmm. Eric Montross, Dante Calabria. And any any player with the last name Williams played for North Carolina. <laughs> Wait, Kyrie. He played for like a week. You didn't like Kyrie? I guess you didn't get to see him that much because no. he got hurt. Man, I'm trying to think of who else it could be that, that you wouldn't but but you don't dislike Zion. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> that would be a fact, fool's errand, right? That, that's it, one of those players that if you're choosing to hate them, you are just, you're not going to end up on the winning side of that. The extremely, the saltiest person in the world. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, I've always hated Duke basketball. I, for full disclosure, I had a cousin that played football for Duke in mm-hmm. the uh, early 90s, but that doesn't count. This is Duke basketball we're talking about. Okay. Everybody hates Duke. Well, they're easy to hate. I'm sorry. I mean, I guess. I can't see how North Carolina is not easier to hate, but... They are now. <laughs> I was... I, you know, I was I was never... I was I, I never disliked Dean Smith. Mm-hmm. I was never a fan, but I never disliked Dean Smith. And I dislike Duke. And I like... I have a lot of respect for Coach K. Mm-hmm. I don't even... I think it's the, the dorky, nerdy Duke fans. Yeah. The air about them. Yeah. The... Uh, Cockiness. Yeah. Maybe the maybe it's a mystique. But I'm also, as you know me, I'm also not a huge fan of front runners either. Like mm-hmm. the blue bloods in college basketball. Can't stand Kansas. Never, ever like Kansas. Uh, we know your thoughts on Kentucky. Now there was a time when Kentucky was coming out of probation that I was I was very in on Kentucky. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's a matter of fact, matter of fact, one of one of my favorite players who play for Kentucky is a guy by the name of Tony Delk. I know Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Delk was one of my uh, favorite players. What about Tony Delk made you want to make him one and of your favorite he players? He could just go. He could just, I thought he could light it up. He's kind of scrappy. I mean, and it, it wasn't like the Blue Blood Kentucky, right? It wasn't Adolph Rupp's Kentucky. These were Rick Patino's and, and Tubby Smith's Kentucky Wildcats, right? That were just... Um, Kind of, and not that they don't get after you now, but it, there wasn't that championship pedigree with these guys, mm-hmm. year in and year out. Gotcha. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll never forget the the Leitner shot when Kentucky's on their way back. You know, it's Jamal Mashburn, uh, and and he's playing out of his mind, and then stupid Christian Leitner. <laughs> and then you get to watch that highlight every year. Oh my god! Over and over again. The only thing, well. The only thing worse than that is, uh, or, or more disgusting, is watching Chris Weber try to call a timeout when he didn't have any. I used that one to jab at a Michigan fan that was, <laughs> that was talking about uh, Georgia, bad mouth in Georgia basketball, of all things, talking about it. And I'm like, you can't, why are you bad mouthing us about Georgia basketball? We, we know what Georgia basketball is. You're not, you're not hurting our feelings because we know that. That we've never been anything, you know, with the exception of a few years. And so he was talking about how Georgia, you know, was has no history, blah, blah, blah. And all I did was drop a picture of whoever calling a timeout. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you have to do. Right? It's kind of like when anybody wants to talk about how great DeMarcus Cousins is, I, Cousins is, I just drop a picture of Travis Leslie. That's all you got to do. 
bam, just pull them right back down to earth. Right? Yeah. This is the Demarcus Cousins I know. Yeah. So what do you want to get into? You want to get into Final Four? Or you want to start there? Or, or, or most intriguing matchup? Or, or did anybody get hosed that you thought? I did not watch the selection show. We discussed that off air uh, where I was and what I was doing. But you don't have your... You know, you don't have your full bracket filled out yet. No, haven't haven't gotten that far. Um, I don't th- think necessarily anyone got hosed because a lot of the teams that are on the bubble. So if there's two teams fighting for one spot, mm-hmm. I prefer that it goes to the smaller school that's achieved more on the year compared to a power five school. That, that hasn't, you know, that's... Kind of mediocre. Right. A, a few games over 500 in the conference. I don't think that that should be rewarded compared to these smaller schools that did everything they could. They might lose a few games, mm-hmm. but they can't help their strength of schedule all that much. Right. So, to that end, I'm happy that a lot of these, like... I'm not happy NC State didn't make it in because they're, you know, that's who I grew up pulling for. But I get that they didn't, and I'm not sad about CCU not getting in. So there's a lot of... I'm, I think this year it seemed like they went with the small schools if it came down to, mm-hmm. to two. And I like that. Because I don't... I just don't... Getting in when you're, you know, have a 500 record in conference or just above and you're like a lot of these teams have, I just don't... I don't like that. I don't think Ole Miss should have got in. I don't think Oklahoma should have gotten in. You know, it's, it's things like that. I just... I'm not a fan of those. Yeah, I got stuck with Oklahoma in that draft. Did you? Yeah. I don't know why I thought that was a good pick. Well, they could knock off Virginia. You never know. <laughs> Anybody can knock off Virginia, you know? <laughs> so, no, I'm perfectly happy with everybody that got in. I, I mentioned this to you beforehand. There's two things that drive me crazy about the selection or the tournament every year, the committee. In the 8-9 seeds, almost always, at least two of the four – they put two middle of the pack power five cool right. schools against each other, right. and they're not—they're just mediocre teams. Then they play in conferences, and you can't really judge them next to each other because they played in different conferences, and they're both nineteen and thirteen, <laughs> and you don't know what you're going to get. So this year it was Ole Miss against Oklahoma as an eight-nine, and Syracuse against Baylor as an eight-nine. Those those teams have thirteen losses, thirteen losses, thirteen losses, twelve losses, and you're like, how how do Eight nines are hard enough, but then you give us two teams that are basically the same. Mirror images of each other. Right, right. and it makes it so hard to pick. You don't believe in Syracuse? Jim Boeheim's pedigree? I'm picking Syracuse over Baylor, yeah. I just, I wish they would have been matched up with somebody like, I mean, give them Nevada or give them, Put Wofford or Seton Hall in there. Mix it up. Like, just just mix it up so that I mean, it's not the exact same team playing each other. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you can say that almost with – you can even go as far as to say 8, 9, 10 because sometimes I think that 10 seed becomes a Power 5 team that's marginal at best. Mm-hmm. There you go. Minnesota, Iowa. Florida. Yeah. Um, and uh, – Seton Hall's good. Yeah, I think they earned it. But – they wouldn't fall in that power five that's marginal. Right. But you're right. Three out of the four, ten seats, the exact same thing. So, it's tough. Six 11s are probably my favorite matchups in the tournament because um, there always seems to be craziness there. I know everybody talks about the 5-12s, but it's almost gotten to the point where you the committee expect- knows the 5-12 is what everybody expects. Right. And so, 
they've kind of scheme around that. So you don't get as many, the last few years you don't get as many 12s, 12 but you've gotten a lot of 13s and, and 11s. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, was going through today at lunch talking about uh, the only team to lose, the only number one seed to lose in the first round, right? The Virginia yeah. uh, Cavaliers. Do you know how many uh, number 15 seeds have been two, beaten two seeds? Well, I know Duke has lost as a two. Mm -hmm. Maybe twice. Did they? They lost a Mercer. Were they a two? Mm, they lost no. a Lehigh. Was not. They weren't a two seed. Lehigh was a fifteen, and Duke was a two. Uh, yes, that is correct. And then Baylor. Lead Baylor lost as a two. And maybe Michigan State. Was Florida Gulf Coast a fifteen? They were. Okay. And then I think Baylor, it's either Baylor or Ohio State lost as a, as a two, I think. They might have been a three. But I think it was Baylor as a two, and I think it was a directional school. Maybe like a... Mm, I'm trying to remember who it was that beat Baylor. Because I had Baylor in the Final Four that year. And they went down very quickly. Seven times is the answer. Seven. Seven. It's, it's happened seven times. I'll tell you the... the the, the three I remembered right off the top of my head was Duke. Mm -hmm. I knew they lost, and I thought it was Bucknell for some reason. I couldn't remember who it was, but it was Lehigh. Um, Iowa State lost. Uh, Marcus Pfizer was their big, big guy, if I'm not mistaken. And this was in the uh, early 90s. And then, gosh, now I'm, now I'm losing. I picked three right off the top of my head. I knew right, right off the top, but I knew it was Duke, Iowa State, and then... Um, I think Missouri was one of them, but I can't. I don't think that's the one I picked. Let's, Let's go back. That's a good question. Because I'm pretty sure Michigan State was a two when they lost uh, a couple of years ago. Every time it's a 15 beating a 15. Whoops. <laughs> there you go. Let's see. Most Middle Tennessee over Michigan State. So okay. yes, Florida Gulf, Gulf Coast was in 2013. Let's see, so we're giving people some history here. It just takes a minute to load. No, we're not watching your video. Let's see. Okay. What? Yeah, I'm just getting blasted by ads. All right, we're not. There you go. Give us, give us what we want here. Middle Tennessee State, which that that was an awesome team to watch. So Richmond did it. Good grief. Richmond did it in 1991. Santa Clara. They upset Syracuse. Santa Clara. This is one I. Coppin State over South Carolina. I, I had no idea that that South Carolina was the SEC champion in 1997. I, I wouldn't have known that either. Uh, I did know that. I knew Iowa State. And I guess that's one you're talking about. Yep. Hampton over Ohio, or Iowa State. Mm -hmm. Norfolk State over Missouri. That's the other one you're thinking of. Right. Florida mm -hmm. Gulf Coast. Lehigh with C.J. McCollum. Mm -hmm. And Middle Tennessee. That's it. So half of them have been in the last five years. Right. 
just like doesn't that. happen often. I like that. Um, I want to say, and the reason I remembered this game, was it Marcus Pfizer? Maybe I'm thinking of it. That, that doesn't seem like that long ago. That was 18 years ago. Anyhow, interesting fact. You know, the number one seed is the only lost one game. And I think it was interesting that, that there was a higher percentage of 12s beating a 5 than um, uh, 10s beating 7s, I think. Mm -hmm. um, it was just, very, like you said, it's just very interesting. Because what you get with 12-5, right, this is what they always say. You get a middle, uh, a top kind of tier, no, but maybe... Like a top third Power 5 school? Versus a conference champion. Yeah. And then, well, and this is the thing about basketball, right? We all know this. Everybody knows this. Is that you only have a finite time. You find out who you play on Sunday, and you have three practices to prepare. Mm -hmm. And if if uh, if I'm big Power 5 school, and you're... Um, Bradley, right? But you're the best shooter. Like you have the best shooting night. It doesn't matter what I do. If, exactly. It's like if you can if you can knock down shots, you can stay in the game. Right. And he, if you can knock down shots and defend, you're you're in any game. It doesn't matter who the competition is, right? Yeah. And you can't. And what's the the speed is kind of a, a neutralizer. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at look at what uh, uh, UMBC did to Virginia last year. Great defensive team, but they're like, you know what? Just run right past you. We'll keep scoring. Yeah. Sometimes that's easier said than done, but I mean, that's the beauty of it. It's like you said, the shooting—that—that's that, the great equalizer. Where you get hot, and that you, a team might not have done that all year, and then they catch fire for one night and they knock you out, or they're just. And a lot of times, I think it seems like, like you'll get teams that come in, say that there's a conference champion from the Atlantic Sun, and they come in on an 18-game winning streak, mm -hmm. and their confidence is sky high. And then you've got someone, say you've got like a Kansas State who's lost four of their last eight in kind of stumbling the last part of the year. I think that's a big, a big, makes a big difference. Absolutely. I always look at that. Like your last 15 games, how'd you do? Because like Kansas is, what what seed is Kansas? Four? Yeah, which I don't understand how they got a four seed. And they're, they're getting that based on their whole season, not what they have been lately. Because lately they're not a four seed, like you said. So the committee's just looking at their whole season. And like Kansas State is a four, and they had a better year than Kansas, but but Dean Wade's hurt, and so their second leading scorer's out, and but they're still getting it based on what they did. So it's like it's hard to, you know, it's hard to keep up with all the different little those things in there. And then you never know. So when Davidson played Maryland back in whatever it was, oh six, oh seven, no one knew who Steph Curry was. And then he comes out and just obliterates them. Right. So there's somebody on one of these teams that's not going to be Steph Curry, but is going to just go off be a star, and light right. a team up. Right. A Bryce Drew. Yeah. And you're just not going to know. And, and there you go. Or like Georgia Wally. State and R.J. Hunter when he took down, like, I don't remember who they beat. Um, yeah, that might have been Michigan State too, actually. But it's just, it's just so hard to know. Like the chances... It doesn't follow. There's no logic behind it, so it doesn't follow. You can't look at past tournaments and predict anything. No, like there's no algorithm you can come up with. Like you know, five thirty eight website. They do. They predict like elections. Okay, I don't. They're basically statistics and analytics guys, right? Just super nerdy guys. So they predicted elections. They really became popular in two thousand eight because they 
nailed the presidential election when a lot of people didn't see okay, how one side right. was going to be. And so they became the great all, you know, they, they have their algorithms, their formulas, they know, blah, blah, blah. They pick the tournament every year. They are awful. Like, they are terrible. And they go back and they do it based on data from previous years. You can't do that. Right. And this is why, especially this day and age, with, with the level of players, this is another thing where you get these mid-majors who you have guys who have maybe perhaps transferred from a high major because of playing time, or they're seniors mm -hmm. um, going up against freshmen. And, and um, I mean, I, it's a, there's an adage that says experience beats youth any day, or I'll take experience over youth any day. Not always 100% of the times, but a lot of the times you get an experienced backcourt, right? Guards know how to handle the ball, been in a big situation, mm -hmm. aren't afraid of the, the hype. And they've played together for longer too. That's exactly. Thing. There's some cohesiveness there. So it's you, you, so many variables. So many variables. So I try to I try to come up with a formula. This I did this for six years. Art. I stopped. Last year was the first year I didn't do it. The six years before that I did it, and it wasn't anything super complex. And I only used it for games that I couldn't just look at and put my finger on. So half the time it was an eight nine. Like, I would have done Ole Miss in Oklahoma. I, I wanted something that I could lean on. So even if I made the pick, I could say, hey, at least I had it based. There's the a rationale, right? So it was basically just taking, I had seven or eight statistical categories. And it was weighting them as far as what I thought was more important and lining each other up and seeing how they totaled out. I, I added in plus and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that would tell me who to pick. And that, that hit... A little under 50%. <laughs> so I just stopped doing it because I'm like, I can guess 50% anyway. Right. But And I tweaked it every year. I would look at the last year and I would say, okay, why did I miss that one? Okay, well, this number probably shouldn't have been weighted so heavily. But And, and it never made any sense. It's, it's, it's futile. You know, it's funny. We used to, we, we do this thing and I'm probably, I hope I'm not giving any trade secrets away, but we, we've the teams we play, especially in the, in the playoffs, we had the, all the players' free throw shooting percentage, those who we had stats on. And so when we, the game got late, we said, all right, we want to foul this guy because he's a 45% free throw shooter. Mm -hmm. Worked in the first game. Second one, the guy we wanted to foul didn't miss free throw. <laughs> and it was just like, well, and that's when one of our players was like, he hadn't missed all night. And I was like, I'm just the numbers say he's, he's bound to miss. I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Maybe he's just on tonight. I don't know. But, yeah, it's, it's very difficult to – to find an edge, right? It's yeah. good. And and you know what the old adage like I, 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 look, like um like what my wife will do, what what is Liberty's mascot? I don't know. The flames. Oh, what is Virginia Tech's mascot? A hokey. What's a hokey? A turkey. Well a flame can burn a turkey. I'll pick the flame. And yeah. that's how she picks. I mean yeah. what's their color? I mean that's And that'll hit just about the same as most yeah. yes. you know, us with our reasoning and right. you you we've been watching all these and then your wife makes a pick and you're like that's, that's that's so cute, <laughs> you know. And then your wife whips your tail. Yeah, every time. And and I know that my wife is taking Kentucky all the way to the final. Is she? I mean, she's from the Bluegrass State. Okay. She knows nothing about basketball, except that Kentucky's playing. Okay. I got a barn burner here with Temple two zero against. I'm sorry, the game is tied at two. Yeah, almost after two. After missing a layup, that dude put it in. I'm beginning to question because I had penciled in Belmont as a. An upset over Maryland just by looking. Again, I watched a little of them the other night, and just by looking at their stats. Um, and this might be racist, but I'm beginning to question that 
based on looking at Belmont on the court. You do not <laughs> appear to be overly athletic. <laughs> that, to me, is not a positive sign. Well, 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 if you can do that. My greatest, my greatest upset pick ever was, um, and this will go down in my heart because I hate Wisconsin with a passion, based on they, they always burn me if I pick them or pick against them. And they're boring. I, I Kaminsky's years, I eased up on them, and I didn't mind them as much. That was, that's Bo, that was Bo Ryan basketball, man. Right. So, when they played Cornell, I think they were up five. I think it was, oh, okay. Maybe I'm back on my Belmont pick because they can shoot. And uh, Cornell played Wisconsin, and I think Cornell was like a 12 or a 13, and Wisconsin was a 4 or 5, and I picked Cornell with 100% conviction. I said, Cornell's going to do And, dude, they came out and put on a clinic and shot probably like 60% from the field. Every shot was going in. My greatest memory, I think, of all the, uh, in all the years. My greatest regret. You want to hear about this? Yes. My greatest regret, and still to this day I regret it, it was in 2004, I believe. So I had watched Vermont. I had watched them a couple games in their conference championship and fallen in love with it. This was a TJ Sorensen and what was the other guy? Kilbath or something like that. And I said, I told my brother, I'm picking Vermont no matter who they play. I'm picking Vermont, I'm picking Vermont, I'm picking Vermont. And they draw cues. And I thought, oh my gosh, they can't beat Syracuse. <laughs> and I said, and I told him, he said, you're not picking them? I said, no, I can't pick them to beat Syracuse. I think it was the year after Syracuse won it. And Vermont came out, and you remember, knocked them out. I think they were a 14. And it was the, the saddest thing, because for two weeks, I was taking Vermont no matter who they played, and I believed in them. And then I let doubt creep in when they drew Syracuse and didn't pick them. And then when you have to watch an upset that you wanted to pick but didn't... That's tough. Oh, it's like second-guessing It's the only right? thing worse than the switch. Yeah. The flip flips. I try to tell my sister because she flips all the time. She wants to flip. She just gets undecided. And I say, do not flip. Set a firm just rule. Go with do your gut. Do not flip. Just go with your gut. Because flipping and missing it, oh. the pain of that, mm, you yes. can't live with it. Who is your final four? My Speaking final four. Of, uh, or do you want to hey, do you want to go through the upsets first? Let's let's before we go to the upsets. Can we talk about we we, we grazed on them in, unintentionally, but the only team from the great state of Georgia in the tournament, the Panthers, the best team in the state of Georgia, and maybe the best coach, bar none. Yeah, this is Hunter's what third appearance in the tournament. I, I know, I know, at two. least three. Yeah, probably three. Because didn't they were there last year. When, um, they were there last year when the point guard. From NC State, that transferred to Georgia State. What was his name? Ryan something. He played at uh, Ryan Harrow. Yeah, Harrow. So he he got in with Harrow, I think. Uh, and then he had RJ, and so now he's got this. I think that might, that might be four then. Okay. Um. In any event. Yeah, Georgia State. They I mean, are the powerhouse in the state. They don't, but they don't get a lot of press in the state. It, once again, another school, another school in the heart of Atlanta, right? The big, the capital of the Southeast, mm-hmm. right? Atlanta is the capital of the Southeast. I don't care what you say, Nashville or Charlotte. Atlanta yeah. is the capital, right? Georgia State, right in the heart of downtown. No press, man. That's true. You don't hear much about them. I wonder why that is. No, I don't know. Is it, is it the conference they play in? Regardless, seven teams, seven Division One teams in the state. One team made the tournament. Congratulations to Coach Ron Hunter. 
Yeah, you never know. Nobody, you don't really know what Houston's made of. Stranger things have happened. There are stranger things. Yeah. But let's talk about first round upsets. All right. Uh, right now, I've got Liberty over Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got, um, in, and I, I believe that's the only upset I had in that bracket. Uh, or UCF over VCU, but I, I don't. Eight nines tough to for me to consider an upset. You're buying into Taco, huh? Yeah. Taco Fall. Yeah. Me too. Um, big time. Um, uh, I like Louisville. I, I don't think they can play. Um, I think they can beat Minnesota, but this is one of the again the seven, ten, eight, nine games. Kind of like yeah. Toss up. Yeah. And I'm. I, you talked about LSU earlier. Yeah, we and we talked about this last podcast. Who's my sleeper team? If I had to pick one, I had two: LSU and Florida State. Mm-hmm. Even without Will Wade, I like LSU. In this you game. still do. Yeah. See, I, I don't, and maybe it's because I just watched Yale the other um, Saturday I'm drinking the cool, and they were very. <laughs> but dude, when they picked LSU, because LSU is rudderless right now, mm-hmm. and they've got turmoil, and they're talented, but I don't think I don't think they'll. They'll perform well they, on that stage. They also have and you get a veteran, smart group of players like Yale has that don't turn the ball over much, and you're going up against a team without a head coach. They have Nas Reed. Okay. Okay. Yale's got Yale players. Not Nas Reed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see what happens because Yale is my bonus upset, and I, I think I probably would, would take them straight up. Even if it wasn't a bonus, mm-hmm. I, would, I would take Yale. Uh, but again, I love upsets. There you go. I'm going all chalk in the uh, West region in the first round. All chalk. See, I'm on the. Fence. I'm sorry. I take that back. I did pick Florida over Nevada. Over Nevada. Yeah. You picked a 15 loss team over a four loss team. Absolutely. That's bold. Or stupid. <laughs> we'll see. Time will tell. There's a fine line between the two. Man, I'm telling you, the Marquette Murray State. I so I marked Murray State here because you said you're going to take them. But I think I might. But I also said I was going to take Marquette, no matter who they played. Mm-hmm. So the committee did me no favors and put them up against each other. That'll be my favorite game to watch. Just watching those two, Marcus Howard and Morant go back and forth. I think I'm going to roll with Morant though mm-hmm. and Murray State. Mm-hmm. More motivated. The Racers. Okay. So that that's my only upset in that region. Yeah, I, didn't, I just didn't see anything that that jumped out. I don't. I don't know enough about Baylor. I mean, they could. That's fifty-fifty to me. Uh, don't think Vermont's beating Florida State. Yes, they could. Don't think Buffalo's going to lose. Texas Tech is. I don't think will lose. So, what about the Midwest? That's uh, slim pickings for me too in the upsets. Yeah, you know, I tell you who I'd love to see get upset is Auburn. That would be awesome. Um, but that's not what I pick. I got one upset there. Um, Seton Hall. Me too. Wofford. There you go. Um, and that that hurts too because I watched Wofford and also kind of fell in love with them. Mm-hmm. But I also watched Seton Hall. They're gritty. They're gritty. They're yes. Gritty. And then those boys can play. And so I'm going with that. I'm going riding Seton Hall over the unknown terriers of Wofford. So that's that's really my only first round upset. I would have loved to pick New Mexico State too, but I just couldn't pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Auburn's yeah. got. Here's the other thing that when I'm unsure of that it comes down to. For me, it's just guards. Emmy, what are your what can your guards do? Because that's and, in March. And, that's so important. And they can shoot it. Now, right. That's Auburn. They got Jared Harper and New Mexico State doesn't. So I'll go through and I'll look at the team's stats. 
on the year scoring statistics. And if two of your top three aren't a guard, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to see a team with a bunch of forwards up there mm -hmm. as your leading scorers because that's just not. That's not usually how you win games in March. You don't right. bang it down in the post no. and let. You can. You can. That's how you lose. You can win. You can win a title with five guards. Yeah. You can't win it with five. <laughs> that's true. That's true. One day somebody will try it, but I'm. I'm guards and quicks and shooting all day over a big bulky guy yeah. that's going to flail around the basket. Now, it does help if you have a rim protector. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about the South? Because kind of more the same here for me. Now, I, I did, on, on my bracket, I did go on a limb. Okay. I, I can't tell you the rationale for this, but I've got Old Dominion. Over Old Purdue. Dominion? Yeah, that's probably going to be my bonus pick. Purdue's kind of an unknown to me. I, I watched one half of their games this year. I think I... that. Matt Painter's their coach. Yeah. Still. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I did. I did the Matt Painter. The arms folded. Kind of. Yeah. That's just. It's hard to. It's hard for me to know with them. They're another team. So I would have liked to pick Old Dominion, but I told you Wisconsin is a team that I always get wrong. So Purdue's the other one. It's two Big Ten teams that mm -hmm. I always miss, no matter what I do. So what I've decided over the last five or six years now. I pick them no matter who they're playing, Purdue and Wisconsin, because if they win, then good, I got it right. If they lose, good, they're out of the tournament. <laughs> so it's like a win-win. I do. I pick them every game. I mean, if they get to play, you know, if Tennessee plays against Purdue or somebody that I know, like Duke plays Wisconsin, I'm not going to pick Wisconsin there. But in the early rounds, I always pick those two teams. So... Four upsets in the in the first round essentially is what I got. That's it. That's it. All chalk. That's which a low we number, we right? we know that that is absolutely impossible. I think last year there were nine. The year before there was something like fifteen. Yeah, I've only got four, and I probably got the wrong four. That's the other thing. Well, that's the thing. That's, <laughs> that's what's tricky about it because you know the upsets are coming. Right. So where I used to just pick tons of them and hope I hit on them, I've narrowed it down. Go. So I'm, I'm sitting at. I'm sitting at six, which for me is pretty tame. So mm -hmm. I, in the South, picked Oklahoma over Ole Miss. Okay. And then UC Irvine over Kansas State. Mm -hmm. Because, again, I, I don't think Kansas State without Wade, I, I'm – UC Irvine can score. Mm -hmm. So I'm just rolling the dice. And I think they're the anteaters. So that's another thing yes. that comes into yeah, the equation. Are. Yeah, you got to You got to factor that in. All right. Got an anteater versus a uh, wildcat. So six – yeah. They say it's a wildcat, but then you look at their mascot, and it's in football. It's the least intimidating. Isn't that not the dumbest thing ever? It looks like a pussycat. He's just wearing a, a uniform and then a, a big head. <laughs> it, it, like, the best mascot is Mike the Tiger. Yeah. Bar none. Bar none. I like, uh, what's his name? The Buffalo, Colorado. What's oh, his uh, name? Rocky, Rusty, uh, Rumbly. Gosh. What is his name? Bebo's a Texas Bebo's guy. A, yeah. Rocky? Is it? No. I don't know. You have to look that up. We gotta go to the tape. So, um, yeah, that's Kansas State's is is probably one of the lamest, I think. Next to the next to the creepy sex offender looking um, cowboy of Oklahoma State. <laughs> Have you seen him? No. If anyone, no, I'm doing it right listening, now. Go look up uh, Oklahoma State's cowboy mascot, and he looks like a drunk, 
This guy like a, a haggard Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Yes, he that does. That is a face that will terrify kids for years. Yes. It's almost like uh, Momo. <laughs> if Momo was going on a date, it would uh, be with that guy. It would be with that guy. Yeah, he looks awful. He, he's a terrible looking person. So, um, I think they just found the creepiest looking guy they could get. Let's put a big hat on him and let's send him out there. I want to say it's like, starts with an R. It used to be my favorite mascot. What is his name? Ralphie. 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 How could I forget? Ralphie Moore. I did get to see him in person when they came in 2006 to Athens. And I was, I love that. Because I used to watch them run him around. And I would just, oh, Ralphie. And I actually liked Colorado for a little while when I was little because of him. So. Anyways, so six upsets for me, four for you. We know that we know that we're gonna probably miss out on most of those, and then we're gonna miss some. That that's the other thing is you just never see them coming. No. Like even when they happen, you look back and you say, "I wouldn't pick that either way." I mean, but how much basketball can one watch to really analyze this? That's impossible. Like I tried, you know, during regular season, it's tough, uh-huh. right? Because you got so many games at so many times, and you have so much demanding on your schedule. Yeah. Then you get to the tournament, and you're picking up maybe a game here or only seeing the championship yeah. game, so you miss the regular season of, of a uh, Colgate, right? That's I really watch maybe a half of each one of these conference tournament games and or the semifinal games and just try to judge it off that. Sometimes it works. Like Rhode Island, I guess it was two years ago, I watched them in their championship game, fell in love with them, and they came out and knocked off. They were 12 or 13 and won in the first round and the second round, so I got those right. But sometimes you can fall in love with the team. I picked Bucknell many years ago, and they got flattened. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to it's hard to watch. And then this year, championship weekend happened to be at the same time as the players' championship. And right. honestly, I'm <laughs> I'm going with the, the if players. Rory's in there, I'm going with the players over that. So I didn't watch a near on Sunday. I didn't watch almost any basketball, and so. You just yeah you're right you got to pick and choose. When I was in college, I could sit around and watch them all. Yeah, but now you know? we have responsibilities. Yeah. Right? you got kids and stuff. About. You just got to try to catch little bits here and hope for the best. Temple opening up a five point lead with uh, eleven minutes left in the first. The dude's twice now. I see a layup over the front line. <laughs> Let's talk final fours. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going with Duke. Uh, Old choice. Uh, Virginia. North Carolina. A lot of ones. And Michigan. Three ones and a two. Yeah. I think Gonzaga's a joke. I don't know what to think of them. I just told you they're a joke. They're a joke. <laughs> See, I think Virginia is not a joke, but I don't... I, I wouldn't... A paper tiger? Yeah. I don't... I know they had two losses all year and look great, but... Their recent tournaments, you know, history doesn't suggest to me that they're going to be in the final four. Mm. But maybe they will. Maybe they will. I, I don't... You don't believe in Kyle Guy, huh? I, I just don't believe in their formula in March. Their formula of let's play defense and hold a team to 47 points and let's score 58. It's just... I don't like it. I like the high five running <laughs> up and down the court. So, so I'm... Yeah. So you got three ones and a two. Mm-hmm. Have you decided who's gonna play in the championship game? Yeah, it's gonna be the most disgusting. Really? It's the most disgusting championship game ever because it features two blue bloods that have already played three times. Yeah, that's what's gonna make it so disgusting. 
That would be like the LSU-Bama rematch in 11. I mean, it's going to be the worst national title ever. Duke and North Carolina. Oh, again. my gosh. I don't know if I could handle that. And people are going to say, well, the second, the third one was so great. It was epic. And this last one will be... And I've got Duke winning. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. Me either. I would like to see Duke knock them out, but I don't want to see. But I have a sneaking suspicion that North Carolina is going to get there, too. I told, you, I told you early, Huckleberry Hound. Did, did I text that to you a couple weeks ago? About what? Huckleberry Hound. I said, I got a bad feeling he's going to be in the Yeah, open. he did. Yeah. He did. And I'm, and I'm right there with you. It, he always seems to do it, and it's not. He always has these seventh-year players. Cam Johnson. And they just, they're just solid. They don't, nobody's flashy, but any given game, one guy will step up and do what they need. And, yeah, I'm with you. All right, so I... My rule is generally I can't do four ones, and typically I can't do all ones and twos because that just doesn't feel right. I gotta have at least a three in there. I had a hard time finding anyone over a two this year to put in. So Duke is one. Okay. UNC is also a number one seed that I put in the final four. All right. Now, if Michigan State had been over there, I might have picked them over North Carolina. Or if Michigan State had been in any other bracket, I would have picked them in it, but not against Duke. Mm -hmm. I don't. I think Michigan State got screwed. Don't believe in Gonzaga. Thought about Michigan. End of the day, I'm rolling with Texas Tech there. Ooh. In the final four. Oof. As my three seed. Okay. And then I've got, gosh, I hope this doesn't happen. I've got Rocky Top coming out of the south. The Tennessee Vols. No way. And the ghost of Pat Summit is going to propel them, yes. I like it. Yes. I like it. So Tennessee, Duke, Texas Tech, UNC. I haven't gotten so far as to who's going to play in the title game, but from looking at my Final Four, it looks like mine would most likely be the same as yours. <laughs> same. For yeah, the sake yeah. of just mixing it up, I'll say Duke and Tennessee in the title Oof. game. Why not? Do you, so what has you sold on Tennessee getting the Final Four? Just they're, they're just solid. They don't have any gaping holes to me. They've got veteran leadership. They rebound well, they shoot pretty well, they defend well, they don't turn the ball over a lot. And I guess that's it. <laughs> I guess that's it. I just think they're solid top to bottom. And they, they got knocked, you know, trounced by Auburn, which I think would be a good thing in this case, because you go and get embarrassed by 20 points in your championship game. And sometimes that helps you get focused. Sometimes it depletes you and, you know, puts you in a funk and you're in a slump and you, you give up. But a team like that with, with veterans, I think they're going to take that and use that as fuel to light a, a, a nasty orange fire and ride it all the way. Oof. I don't know, man. I don't know. But all year I've, I've thought they're going to go deep. And so I'm not changing it now. Okay. you gotta you got to stay with that. I've... I've I might have to go back and change this bracket. I haven't submitted it in the Mosley family pool, but <laughs> I, I, you're in control I was, of that too, aren't you? I am. I, it's not submitted until tomorrow after after I go to bed. That's okay. when the, the submission deadline is, so I, they can change it. Let's let's say let's say we always do a wild card segment. Okay. Let's do a wild card where let's pick one team out of each region that has to be a four or lower. Okay. And let's pick one of those, if you had to say, is going to make the, the Final Four or maybe four. championship game. Which one could yeah. it be? Start in the East. Start in the East. A four or lower. Mm -hmm. um, 
Or, yeah, four or lower. Yeah, Louisville. Louisville? Yeah. Okay. See, I haven't watched enough of them this year to know. I watched them blow a lead against Duke, but... Yeah. Okay. I got you. I'm going to say... Now, this is, isn't that bold, but I'm going to say Virginia Tech. That's a good play. They could sneak somehow sneak sneak past Duke. Duke. They but let's be honest, close. nobody's beating Duke up there. I mean, they're not, unless it's Michigan State. They're not. Right. West. What do you got in the West? You I'm, know what mine's going to be. Well, mine's Florida State. And okay. I mean, that's kind of, oh, yeah, a, that's yeah. kind of a, I've been wrote, right, I call Florida State early. You did, and that's not easy for you to do. No, it's not. No, it's not at all. But I'm, I'm, I think Florida State uh, beats Gonzaga in the Sweet 16 if Gonzaga gets past Syracuse. Okay. All right. Me, it's Marquette. Okay. You know I love Marquette, I'd say. But honestly, I mean, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility for Buffalo to somehow yeah. sneak in there. Yeah. Because those boys know how to win. You know who else I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility for? Who? The freaking Florida Gators. Uh, all right. They're not good. We just beat them in Gainesville. They don't have any shooters. They have one shooter, and he's streaky. They're relying on a freshman guard that, to do things for him, and he's hobbled with a back. No, don't worry about Florida. Okay. Florida ain't going to do it. Midwest. What do you got? Man, you want me to go first? The, you go first, because there's no way on God's green earth that... UNC and Kentucky are going to not meet in the Elite Eight. So I'm trying to pick a team that might catch the only... Oof. I'm going to say Iowa State. Oof. I'm going to say Iowa State. You, know you got a blue blood sitting there at four you could pick. Uh, I'm not picking them. <laughs> uh-uh. You're uh, not taking Kansas? What about... I think Auburn. I think Auburn. Man in the, okay. Yeah, Bruce Pearl and Auburn. Uh, they, they're streaky shooters. You never know what could happen. And that's the kind of thing that happens to Auburn athletics is they get some streaky, lucky fluke run that gets them kind of like South Carolina a few years ago getting to the final yep. four and yep. knocking out Duke alright so I'm going to go Iowa State on that one final South Oof. what do you got there man if I had to pick a team in the South to me this is the easiest one for an, uh, you know, an underdog to come out of because Virginia and Tennessee I think is the worst combo of one two Villanova Nova yep I can see that been there done that yeah that's kind of what I was thinking, too. I think Nova could put it together shooting street Because then you look around there also, there's not a whole lot of high-scoring teams in that region. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin, no. Virginia, no. Tennessee, I mean, they can at times. Purdue, not really. So, yeah, I think Nova could do that. Sneak back. DiVincenzo's not going to come walking through the door. No, he's not. They might not need him. Nor they just fire up. Man, I watched, I watched that Seton Hall-Nova championship game. In the second half... And it was, there was, I think I counted seven possessions in a row, and maybe like eight out of ten, that it's just three-pointer, not even thought about taking a two-pointer. And it's just fire away. And there, I looked at their shot chart. I screen-grabbed it and sent it to Will. They had like 11 shots behind three, three in the paint, inside the three-point line. They just... I think it's, what's the guy's name? Is it Phil Booth, their center? Or one of their big guys? He's got this... He's got this nasty... Oh, Booth, yeah, yeah. Nasty move where he, he's just a jab, step, fake. Um, it, it, I don't, he did he's a couple not even times. that big. I think he's a guard, yeah. He's 6'3". Maybe it's not Booth I'm thinking of. Hang on. Pascal? That's it. Okay. 
But they can all shoot. I mean, he can shoot, but he's got a move where he kind of fakes and then puts gets the defender going one way. Just one of the nastiest post moves. And it's just, I mean, I don't know. They they can score from all. I think I think that's, out of all of these, I think that's the one that I would feel the best about in all of these regions is Nova being able to do that because uh, that South to me is just weak. It's just weak. I mean, if you put any of those teams in any of the other regions, I'm not sure they'd make the Elite Eight, honestly. Mm -hmm. But Virginia got a favor, man. If they put Michigan State there, that looks like a... It looks like the old Maryland guard. You know, remember who I'm talking about? What was his name? Maryland's Steve Blake. Like yeah, Steve Blake. I guess I could see that. <laughs> I guess I could see that. I mean, who are these guys? Man, they go and pull them, but they've got some five stars on the roster. He can pull some players, man. Nova. I'm probably going to have to get a Nova shirt for Cooper at some point. Mm. Since he's adopted them. They can play. Yeah. They can play. So that's uh, that's our, our non-chalk, I guess, I guess you could, our sleeper. Wild card. Wild card, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, possible, not likely, but if you had to pick somebody that could get out of it. What was um what was UConn when Kimball won? Was that, were they seven or an eight? I don't think they were as high as an eight, I thought. Noble was an eight the first time they won a championship. Because they were the highest seed to win it. With Raleigh? Mm-hmm. Massimino. Was that over Georgetown? Uh, Wasn't that over Patrick Ewing? No. Patrick Ewing lost to... Actually, yeah, they did lose to Villanova. Yeah. I think I think that um, UConn was a seven with Kemba. Two thousand eleven. Yeah. Two thousand eleven. Did you even say what they were? This is Shabazz Napier, first number seven seed. Oh yeah. Fourteen. Shabazz, that's when it was. Kimball was a three. So they were a seven. So yeah, it can happen. And once again you get a a guard that can just take over was it, completely. Was it Shabazz that said that's what happened when you ban us? I don't know. In the press conference. I don't remember that. I'm pretty sure he said no. That might have been a Shabazz thing to say. <laughs> That's funny. That's what happens when you ban us. When no Shabazz. It didn't have anything. And that was that was Kevin Ollie, right? Head coach. Yeah. And now he's gone. Mm. Didn't last long. It, it bees like that sometimes. He came in and NBA wanted him and he stayed and then bad things. Sometimes you got to strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. You know. You do. Because your name, these coaches, this is your chance to shoot up and get picked. And get paid. Hey, Mercer's coach just got fired three years after beating Duke in the tournament. And you're like, oh, right. But, but, but he coaches at Mercer. I'm just saying you can go from, you know, the, hero to goat real quick. The the out the penthouse to the outhouse yeah. real quick. It doesn't take long, no matter what you've done. So like you said, strike while the iron's hot. Get out of there. Because this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of game. Yes, absolutely. People forget real quick the titles. or the There's a long list of next great up-and-coming young coaches right. that are unemployed. And, and let's just think, what's Mercer's ceiling? 
win one game in the NCAA tournament? Happy getting to the NCAA tournament is a feat in and of itself. So winning one game is unheard of. I mean, especially these mid, you see these mid majors are cyclical though, right? Or low majors where you win a you win a conference title one year and it's three or four or five years before you win another one and it's yeah. there's no rarely in my opinion rarely do you see a, a team so dominant every year at a, mm-hmm. at a low major school no unless you're getting all McDonald's all Americans every year which they're not you're gonna have to cycle through you're gonna have to hit on some guys and it's gonna have to all come together yep. yeah so anywho you driving to Columbia? No, you're not, because you're going to be off for treating. Columbia to watch. Columbia, uh, South Carolina. No, I just uh, drove through Columbia on uh, Saturday. What were you doing in the Palmetto State? Uh, my grandfather was 102. What? And he passed away. Ah. So we went had his funeral. Yeah, 102. Man, that's Had his a... hip replaced earlier this year. The surgeon said, you're the only oldest patient I've ever you know, worked on. And they, you're 102 and you're getting your hip replaced? When you come through that, Woo. that's big. He was a beast. So yeah, we we spent the night at Augusta Thursday, and the funeral Friday, and then came out Friday night. Hundred and two. Yeah. He's been ready to leave for the last six or seven though. He's kind of. Yeah. He's he's happy. Yeah, that's a long. That's a long time. Life. It's probably a full life. I'd imagine he lived a full life. Yeah, he did. He's seen a lot. Yeah. Were you guys close? Yeah, relatively, yeah. as much as like you, you know, right. you can because he was out of state. But yeah, he was he was cool. We go play. He loved playing the lottery. <laughs> he <would> scratch off tickets, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, we we would try to go see him once a year as much as possible. And then yeah, he was fun. He was he was pretty much like though the he was like what you would expect from that generation, like the Archie Bunker kind of like that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And it was he was hilarious. But uh, you know they're. they're they're just different, like more gruff, you know, and yeah. just kind of, yeah. But in a fun way, so yeah. That's it's funny. I used to see my aunt. She was, um, she she could still drive in her eighties and maybe in, up to her nineties. Aunt Grace, uh, I'd see her, and I worked in downtown Jacksonville. I'd see her every now and then. I'd go down to the sundry shop and buy lottery tickets. Me and my coworkers scratch offs, and there'd be Aunt Grace in there buying lottery tickets. Really? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. I mean, she's my great aunt, and she's like 90-something years old, but she's like, I gotta get my numbers. I was like, yeah. what? It's just a fun thing to do, you yeah. know? She had, uh, she was sharp as a tack, man. Yeah. Yeah. But, That's how he was, the same thing. He, he drove forever, and then he could still have normal conversations and everything up until the last couple months, but he still, we drove up and saw him three weeks ago, just spent four hours there and came back and he he could talk to you about stuff and yeah that's the thing the one time that he he stopped driving because he was driving to the post office and he was going into park and he just drove straight up and ran into the building and my dad's like what happened and he's like I got the dead foot <laughs> he's like what he's like the dead foot he's like what's that he's like my foot went numb <laughs> Like, all right, well, might be time to retire the old license. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. The dead foot. Driving to a foot. Yeah, I got the dead foot. So, yeah, that's... All right. That'd be frustrating when you get your, your keys taken away from you again. Yeah, because that's like your freedom, right? Yeah. You, you wait for the first 15 years of your life, in most cases, to, yeah. to get that freedom. And then when you have to get it taken away... 
as an adult, right? Yeah. Don't tell me what to do. Right. I'm your father. Yeah. 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 I had a coworker that happened to. He had to take his dad's keys away, and then his dad went and bought another car. <laughs> <laughs> get a get a low key key yeah. car on the side. Yeah. And park then, it down the street. Yeah. He, he was just getting in so many wrecks. I mean, yeah. it was just and and my coworker was like, "Dad, that's enough." And yeah, he's like, "Yeah, I understand. I understand." Then went out and got a new car. And what do you do? You can't ground them. Can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. Yeah. That's all we got. Hey, thanks for hanging in for our final four bracket uh, discussion. Hope, hope we, hope we got you some nuggets there. Or if not any nuggets, we were entertaining enough. Hope so. I mean, maybe you learned something. Maybe yeah. you learned how many fifteen seeds have won. Yes. So there you go. So in your next sports Jeopardy contest, you'll you'll have you'll that. Know. Mm -hmm. You guys go out and get you uh, some chocolate covered raisins while you're while you're watching it. You'll, it'll make your day better. Once your brackets are busted. Eating raisins will just make it seem Drown like, your sorrows and chocolate raisins. raisins. Yeah. You, you won't get a DUI driving because you won't drink too much. Mm -hmm. you know, you'll probably gain a little weight, but you'll lose that anyway, worrying and stressing about the, the games you picked or didn't pick. So It might be unhealthy for your body, but that's countered by it's healthy for your soul. Oh. That's all I'll say. It's good for your soul. There we go. You guys, thanks for listening and hanging with us for the for the full hour today. Enjoy the tournament. I am Art Mosley. He is. Our opinions don't matter. Enjoy the tournament. Have a great week.